After two decades of conversations, there's always a story to share. 20 years of Cape Talk. Join the conversation. It is 10 minutes past eight. And, you know, this story that you and I are going to be focusing on this morning really affected me. Put myself in the position of a mom who had to take her child's life. And all the nuances around that is what Janine Villemans, former editor, but at the time reporter, was covering, uh, looking at the Alan Packies case. It's one of those big, big stories that we focus on going back to 2007. The former editor of Eyewitness News now has some high-flying job in the city of Cape Town, some senior media something, something. I just mean she's got a much better pension package and she's going to retire a lot better than most of us. Uh, Janine Villamance, great having you here today. Thank you, Kina. You're far too kind. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. You know, at least you get pension. Anyway, moving along very swiftly. Um, the story about Ellen Packies and her son addicted to drugs. Before we even talk about the nuances, let's paint the picture, Janine. Kino, it was actually in my first year as editor of Eyewitness News Cape mm. Town. And it was in the second week of <coughs> September of that year mm-hmm. when words started filtering through of an incident in Lavender Hill yeah. where a mother had apparently strangled her son. And um, some follow-ups confirmed that indeed the mother, soon to be identified as Ellen Buckies, had reached a tipping point on the morning in question after years of physical and mental abuse at the hands of her 20-year-old son, Adam. In fact, he'd even propositioned her. And he was addicted to crystal meth, more commonly known as Tuck. Yeah. She strangled him while he was asleep and very soon after handed herself over to the authorities at the Stenberg police station. And the story piqued the interest of every news outlet in this town for a number of reasons, because not only had we just emerged from Women's Month, where issues of abuse were top of mind, but as stories go, and by that time I'd been a journalist for a decade, and I, I, I thought I'd seen it all, but as stories go, this one was just completely yeah. against the run of play. And it was at that point probably the most vivid illustration that we'd had of the impact of addiction on families. And and it has to be said, not just families on the Cape Flats, because addiction has many forms. And I think that the story also resonated with very many people in Cape Town. And um, we reported on Tuck because its proliferation was well documented, but very much in an abstract (coughs) manner. And so Ellen Puckies and her son Adam put a face to this addiction. And I think that's also another reason why the story took off in the way that it did. And usually you find with stories, you know, it takes a long time for the facts Mm. to become apparent. But in this case, the facts were on the table from the get-go. The what, when, where, how. And so it gave us more space to explore the why. And the why was a very tragic story indeed. And um, I think that... There was a lot of debate mm-hmm. around the death of Adam Packies, whether Ellen was justified in her actions. And this radio station certainly, I mean, the lines were buzzing. You know, many column inches were spent debating that whole issue yeah. because how could a mother possibly get to that point where she takes her child's life? Therein lies the rub, right? Because she was, exactly. by all accounts, a loving mom, tried to do her best for her kid. Um, but was just pushed, as you said, the tipping point over the edge. Exactly, and in the months ahead, the the trial was held in the Weinberg Regional Court, and during that trial, more details emerged of the varying degrees of abuse that Ellen Puckies had endured. Mm -hmm. 
her entire life. So it's not to say that that necessarily made what she did right, but it certainly contextualized what had happened even more. And so a year later, uh, in October of 2008, she was convicted of murder. But there was, she had such support from even her own community. And the defense had petitioned the court for no jail time. And then early in December of that year, the court actually handed down a three-year suspended sentence and community service. And interestingly enough, the prosecution did not oppose the defense's request. And so Ellen Puckies walked out of the courtroom with a criminal conviction, but essentially a free woman. However, in her own words, she would have to live with what she did for the rest of her life. Yeah. And so as much as she didn't spend time behind bars, you know, this is a life sentence. It's a prison for her. Exactly. Well, her whole life's been a prison, quite frankly. I mean, especially since her son Adam started taking the Turk and started holding her hostage mentally i think and physically um but then uh, just think about your own child raising your child holding your child in your hands watching that child go to primary school grow up come to you with mathematics problems um you know have yes your parental fights with them but they grow up and you see them grow a beard for the first time and then things just go wrong and it spirals out of control and that very kid that you had to look after and feed and cared about and would have died for, you kill, but why? And I think that is still a very relevant question today. In fact, you know, you know in the aftermath of the trial concluding, the, the conversation still continued. Ellen Puckies has done a lot of uh, community outreach work. She's been an inspiration to a lot of other families who are going through the same type of thing. And in, I think it was 2010 or early 2011, there was even a play that was put together based on the story of Ellen and Adam Puckies. But you're right, you know, it's a decade later. When I was mm. asked to come and speak about this, I actually thought it's a decade later. Mm. What, what have I taken out of this? Ellen Puckies was a window into what so many people go through. It was one of the biggest stories of that year and beyond. Yet here we are 10 years later, and if one has to be honest, the situation's probably gotten worse. Yeah. I, I go back to Alsace River, where I come from, and those kids are worse off than when I left there quite a long time ago. You know, so you, you wonder, with all of that focus <sighs> on that particular story, it was a cautionary tale, or you hope that these stories could be cautionary tales, and I suppose for some people it is. But then you look at the situation today and you kind of left to wonder, well, what was it all for then? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and what are those solutions? We have to rescue our kids from their environments. Absolutely. And when we keep building... And, and, and Janine, I mean, you work for the city, and I'm not asking you to speak on this from a city's perspective, but, um, but I am saying this, though. When we end up building things within these communities to keep kids in those communities, and we don't take kids out of those communities and show them what else can be achieved in life, we end up with a vicious cycle because it's still a sense of, oh, let's build facilities for the poor so the poor can play with each other. Instead of saying, how do we get some of those poor kids who have to hear gunshots each and every day, hope they don't get shot on their way to school in the morning, and how do we show them, give them another window to show them other opportunities that exist and help them dream about what they potentially can achieve, which to me is one of the things that can solve this particular problem. It is indeed, Kina. It is.
So, Janine, um, is there anything else you'd like to add from just the, the nuancy point of view? Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap? Look, I think that overall this was just a tragedy. There were no winners. Mm. I think Ellen and her son were both, were both victims of, of the system. Yeah. And it's time that we relook that because we have broken people in our society. Yeah. You know, and un- until we actually make strides in trying to, to help mend them, we, we're never going to move away from this type of story. And every single year, and I think that for me was why I eventually also decided to to walk away. From it's the just media space. The media space is... Oh. Every, year, every other day mm. nowadays, you know, it's just one tragic, horrific story after the next. And mm. it, it gets to you. Trust me, when I'm on holiday, I don't listen to radio, don't read newspapers, stay away from the whole darn bunch so I can get my sanity back. Uh, but Janine, great having you with us. Uh, Janine, now a senior communications practitioner at the city of Cape Town, uh, former EWN editor, and very much engrossed in that Alan and Adam Pucky story, taking you back to 2007. Just, you know... Uh, I'm sure there there were some happy things that we covered over the last 20 years as well.